Welcome to The Humanist Report. I'm Mike Figueredo. Today's episode is brought to you by Amazon.com. If you bookmark the link in the description box, every time you shop on Amazon, you support the show. On today's episode, I'll be discussing the Canadian elections and how that turned out. I'll be talking about polls that show that Hillary Clinton actually widened the gap between her and Bernie Sanders, and there's going to be more. So uh, stay tuned. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Joe Biden is not going to be running for president after all. And during his, uh, I guess, concession speech, we're calling it, it, it appeared as though he kind of gave a little wink to Bernie Sanders. Take a look. We cannot sustain the current levels of inequality that exist in this country. I believe the huge sums of unlimited and often secret money pouring into our politics is a fundamental threat to our democracy. And I really mean that. I think it's a fundamental threat because the middle class will never have a fighting chance in this country as long as just several hundred families, the wealthiest families, control the process. It's just that simple. And I believe we have to level the playing field for the American people. And that's going to take access to education and opportunity to work. We need to commit. We're fighting for 14 years. We need to commit to 16 years of free public education for all our children. We all know that 12 years of public education is not enough. As a nation, let's make the same commitment to a college education today that we made to a high school education 100 years ago. So I like that he's talking about how we should commit to 16 years of public education. I also like how he's talking about getting money out of politics. I think that's fantastic. And to me, I kind of took it as a tacit endorsement of Bernie Sanders, but he's definitely not going to say any names. I don't know who he's going to endorse. So... I don't want to put words in his mouth. So now I think this is interesting because the Democratic primaries are really starting to take shape. This is officially a two-person race. Sure, we've got Martin O'Malley. Sure, we've got Lincoln Chafee still in the race, but they're basically non-entities. They're completely irrelevant, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. So what does this mean for Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton? A lot of people think that uh, Biden's support will shift to Hillary Clinton, or at least the majority. Uh, that's not really verifiable. That's something that's so difficult to prove. And I don't know if that's going to be the case. I have no idea. I think we really have to wait for polls to see if it really makes a big impact. It could be 50-50. And then in effect, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things uh, with respect to Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. But the thing is, we just, we don't know. I know a lot of people, myself included, wanted Joe Biden to run because, you know, it seemed as though it was possible that he could potentially take votes away from Hillary Clinton because he's the second establishment pick. But now that I kind of think about it a little bit more, I mean, look, Joe Biden is polling at 20% and whatnot. So I think he would be another fierce competitor. So by consolidating the competition, I think it makes it easier. I mean, if you're Bernie Sanders, wouldn't it be more difficult to tackle two really, uh, I think, savvy politicians at the same time? I think that would be more difficult. So I think that if he just focuses his efforts on Hillary Clinton and how he can beat her and stay focused on the issues, I think he's going to do great. So look, I don't think that we can really draw any conclusions yet. We have to wait and see. We have to wait for the polls and not just one. We have to wait for multiple polls because you never know if a certain poll is going to be an outlier, not necessarily because the methodology is flawed, but the sample may just not be representative of the general public.
Jim Webb is officially dropping out of the Democratic presidential race, to no one's surprise. So it may not actually be over for him yet. So uh, here's what he had to say. I fully accept that my views on many issues are not compatible with the power structure and the nominating base of the Democratic Party. That party is filled with millions of dedicated, hardworking Americans, but its hierarchy is not comfortable with many of the policies that I have laid forth, and frankly, I'm not that comfortable with many of theirs. For this reason, I'm withdrawing from any consideration of being the Democratic Party's nominee for the presidency. This does not reduce in any way my concerns or the challenges facing our country, my belief that I can provide the best leadership in order to meet these challenges, or my intentions to remain fully engaged in the debates that are facing us. How I remain as a voice will depend on what kind of support I'm shown in the coming weeks as I meet with people from all sides of America's political landscape, and I intend to do that. Now, later on, when he was asked if he's still a Democrat, he stated, quote, we'll think about that. <laughs> all right, well, let me help you out there. No, <laughs> you're not a Democrat. The Democratic Party doesn't want you. Democratic voters don't want you. Uh, you are a moderate Republican, and that's fine. The party needs moderates because right now they've been taken over by right-wing extremists. So you can really help them and potentially push them more back towards the center if you join them. So, shoo, go. <laughs> and look, let me just say, let me be uh, as polite when I say this as possible you will not be president. <laughs> now, the reason why I say this is because he states that uh, he may potentially run as a third-party candidate. Now, he didn't overtly say this, uh, but he did hint at it because he said he's still going to be involved. And when MSNBC posed the question in an article saying, will Jim Webb run as a third-party candidate, uh, he retweeted it. So, I don't know if he's trying to play chicken with the Democratic Party or whatnot, but you're not going to be the president. If you run as a third-party candidate and you actually think you can win, you're delusional. It's because there's something called Duverger's Law that stops third-party candidates from ever being successful. Now, the question is whether or not he'll actually hurt the Democratic nominee come 2016. Uh, and I'm not really too worried about it, but it is the case that, you know, in the past, third-party candidates have been detrimental. I'm thinking about, you know, Ralph Nader and Al Gore in 2000 in Florida, how he took away just enough votes to potentially cost Al Gore the election. So look, I don't like third-party candidates. I think it's it's entirely just useless. Anyone who votes for third-party candidates is wasting their votes. Literally, like in political science, we literally call it vote-wasting because your vote does not count because we live in a two-party, single-member district system. It's the winner who wins and the loser gets nothing. We're not proportionally represented, so you're not going to get some seats in Congress because you... Your, your candidate got 15%. No, no, no. That's not the way it works. That's not how our system is. You can disagree with it. You can call for electoral reform like I would like. But I don't want to say that he's trying to hurt the Democratic Party because he's bitter. But I mean, look, he complained the entire time during the debate that he wasn't getting equal airtime. And he was saying that it was rigged and that, you know, Anderson Cooper was stacking all the cards in Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders' favor. But dude, if you want more time at the debate, here's what you got to do. You got to poll at least 1%, maybe. I mean, he was polling in 1% in some polls, but I looked at the polls uh, wherein him and Lincoln Chafee were polling at 1%. Sometimes they got one person say that they were going to support him. 
one person. I mean, think about it. These are extremely small samples. So if you have a survey with 1,000 respondents and you cut that in half for Democratic voters, well, you see almost all the support going towards Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. But when it comes down to Lincoln Chafee and Jim Webb, when you look at how many individuals state that they intend on voting for those individuals, well, it's like one person, maybe two people sometimes. So, dude, you're not going to be president. Give it up. The The best thing that you can do is help the future Democratic nominee win. Uh, but I don't think he's going to do that. I think he's really mad. But nobody cares, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I hate to say that because I, I feel like it's very rude. But nobody really cares about your campaign. You did nothing to galvanize or excite people. You're, you're just a moderate Republican. Maybe they'll like you over there. According to a new poll conducted by NBC News and Wall Street Journal, Hillary Clinton has made tremendous gains after the debate. So the last poll from NBC News and WSJ stated that Bernie Sanders was actually just seven points behind Hillary Clinton nationally. Uh, now, according to this new poll, um, they found that Clinton now has a 20-point lead as opposed to a 7-point lead. Uh, she leads Bernie Sanders to, uh, 49 to 29. Uh, now, I should note that this poll does still include Joe Biden and Jim Webb, both of which are polling at 15 and 2% respectively, uh, but both of them are no longer candidates, so we don't necessarily know how their absence will affect the uh, future polls, uh, but we'll have to wait and see for follow-up polls. Now, to go back to the poll at hand, the sample size is 1,000, and the margin of error is plus or minus three percentage points. Uh, so I didn't cover the last poll by NBC News where they found that Bernie Sanders was just seven points from, um, from Hillary Clinton. However, uh, I did touch on it, and now it does appear that that poll is an outlier. Uh, so when you compare that poll to this one, it looks like the gap has widened quite significantly. Uh, but in actuality, this poll is, the newer poll that is, is just more in line with aggregate polling. Uh, so consistently, every other poll has shown that Hillary Clinton is about 13 to 25 points ahead of Bernie Sanders. Uh, so when you take that into consideration... This poll makes it look a lot worse than it is, like she made a significant increase. But really, I don't think Bernie Sanders was about seven points from Hillary Clinton in the first place. Um, so the average is actually 22 points, according to Real Clear Politics. So it seems worse than it really is. Now, there are a couple of other polls that do illustrate Hillary's lead did, in fact, increase. So that implies that the new poll from uh, NBC News and The Wall Street Journal, it's not an outlier. So ABC News and The Washington Post show that Hillary leads Sanders 54 to 23. That's 31 points. Monmouth shows that Hillary Clinton leads Sanders 48 to 21. That's 27 points. So it's clear Hillary Clinton did get a nice boost after the debate. But the most damning news is that three consecutive polls show that he is not, in fact, leading in Iowa. So the two previous polls where he was uh, leading by both one point and 10 points, respectively, well, those were outliers. Now, furthermore, it does appear that his lead may be slipping in New Hampshire. Out of five post-debate polls, three of them show that Hillary Clinton is now leading. Now, I should note that all of these polls do still include Joe Biden. Uh, so, before we freak out, I have three conclusions to take away from this. Before, If you're a Bernie Sanders supporter, before you start panicking, just... Calm down. Okay. So first and foremost, it looks like I do stand corrected because I predicted that Hillary Clinton would not get a boost after the debate. I actually thought that Bernie Sanders would get a boost, but uh, clearly 
that hasn't been the case. Now, by every metric, social media followers, uh, campaign donations, snap polls, it seemed as though Bernie Sanders won by a landslide after the debate. And uh, what I had thought was that that would translate well into the polls, uh, but it looks like that is not the case. So in other words, the internet is not a microcosm of the general electorate, so we have to keep that in mind. I thought it was very clear that Hillary Clinton was pandering and that she was lying and that she was being disingenuous, and I, I figured that that would not come off well to the American people, but apparently... I underestimated how good of a politician she is because they presumably bought it. Now, uh, it could still be the case that as more and more people see Bernie Sanders uh, at the debate, they may still like him. So we can't necessarily just say that that he's not going to get a boost from the debates based on one. But it is the case that Hillary Clinton is very, very, uh, she's strong and she did very well during the debate. I don't think she won, uh, but I don't think she lost. I think both her and Bernie came out looking pretty good. Uh, now the second takeaway is that we can't really draw too many conclusions from these polls, uh, until we actually see newer polls wherein they actually exclude Joe Biden and Jim Webb, because we have no idea where that support is going to go. It could be the case that Hillary Clinton gets a majority of Joe Biden's supporters. It could be the case that Bernie Sanders does. We have no idea at this point. Now, there's been people who have tried to crunch the numbers, and it seems as though there are estimates stating that Hillary Clinton should get about 75% of Joe Biden's support. But I can't verify that because I can't find that anywhere. So finally, does this mean that Bernie Sanders is done? Do we stick a fork in him? Well... Of course not. We haven't cast a single vote yet, so I don't think that we should really freak out because Hillary Clinton got a surge after the debate. Look, here's here's the thing that we have to keep in mind. If Bernie Sanders does win New Hampshire, those national polls could flip. It could change everything. That's what happened in 2007. And let me remind you guys that after the debate started, well, Hillary Clinton did get surges back then as well, too. So, I mean, look, this doesn't determine everything, so we really have to calm down. If anything, it doesn't mean that we freak out. It just means that we have to refocus and really try to push Bernie Sanders that much harder. I mean, if you want to volunteer, you can go to berniesanders.com, and I'm sure you can help out in multiple ways. Uh, so I don't think we should freak out from this. Elections are chaotic. They're unpredictable. So it's very difficult to say, you know how well a candidate's going to do based on polls, because one week, you know, you could see a couple of polls where Bernie Sanders has increased quite a bit, but then in the next poll, he could decrease quite a bit. You never know, so you have to look at aggregate trends, but in actuality, not too much has changed with the exception of his lead in New Hampshire. Martin Shkreli, uh, the greedy CEO of a pharmaceutical company who raised the price of Daraprim, by 5,000%, and if you don't know, this is a life-saving drug used to treat HIV, well, this guy attempted to buy access to Bernie Sanders by donating $2,700 to his campaign. Now, this is the maximum amount that an individual can contribute. Uh, now, once Bernie Sanders figured out that uh, this came from Martin Shkreli, they rejected the donation. And Michael Briggs, Bernie's campaign spokesperson, said, We are not keeping the money from this poster boy for drug company greed. And then... Bernie Sanders donated the $2,700 to the Whitman Walker Health Clinic in Washington, which is a clinic that specializes in the treatment of HIV. So <laughs> this is fantastic. It really proves to us 
that Bernie Sanders is a genuine candidate. He's not in this to represent the pharmaceutical industry or corporate oligarchic greed. He's in this for you and me, the average American citizens who have to work every single day to make money. Uh, now, after getting completely owned by Bernie Sanders, Martin Shkreli had a meltdown over Twitter. Now, in all caps, he wrote, so mad at Bernie Sanders, I could punch a wall, exclamation, exclamation. <laughs> uh, he then said, uh, does anyone know how to treat a wrist fracture without going to a hospital? <laughs> I love how I'm like making him into a character. Uh, he later posted an x-ray picture of a fracture that he basically just Googled and said, this is such bullshit. Uh, and... But later that day, uh, he posted a picture of himself playing a guitar. So clearly, he didn't actually punch a wall or anything like that. But it's it's pretty evident that we've got some psychological issues going on here. This dude doesn't seem very stable. Uh, he's extremely greedy. We've got a lot going on with this guy. I don't feel bad that he's catching flack from people on the internet because what he did may cost people their lives because they won't be able to afford Daraprim. Now, today I actually heard that there is an alternative pill which is supposedly better. Uh, there's less side effects, I believe, and it's only a dollar. So hopefully uh, this will come to the market fast. I don't really know any of the details about it, but that makes me feel a little bit better. Now, the underlying question uh, that I had while reading the story is, would it be the case that Hillary Clinton would have taken the $2,700, or would she, too, have donated it? <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. Of course she would have taken the $2,700! She wouldn't have batted an eyelash about it. She would have said, oh, it's from Martin Shkreli? Oh, I, I did condemn him publicly, but you know what? Let's go ahead and put that in our pockets. Of course. So this is just more proof that Bernie Sanders is representing you and me. He, He's like the best politician that we've had in so long that it blows my mind that a politician would actually reject money. I mean, you've seen that amount of money, $2,700, actually buy access to politicians. I mean, if you look at Michelle Bachman, she took about $5,000 from the fossil fuel industry, and she was a huge denier of climate change. So with any other politician, I think that Martin Shkreli very well could have gotten access uh, with $2,700. But the fact that it's Bernie Sanders, and you think that you can buy Bernie Sanders? Nope. Because as he says, his campaign is not financed by the billionaires. It's, fi it's financed by people like you and me, who have all donated to his campaign and talk about his campaign. This is a real grassroots effort. This does not include greedy corporatist pigs and oligarchs who want to get rich off of other people's suffering because that's completely immoral it's deplorable it's reprehensible uh so i'm really glad that this got out in the open because it's a great story that makes bernie sanders look excellent the liberal party in canada has won 184 seats giving them a majority in the canadian parliament so that means that justin trudeau will be the new prime minister of canada now this is the son of pierre trudeau who was prime minister before uh, now justin trudeau may not be the perfect person to be prime minister but to put this in context our buddies north of the border have basically just experience what would be, as many would argue, the Canadian George Bush. Stephen Harper was their George Bush, and he served not two, but three consecutive terms. He was prime minister for almost a decade. Uh, now, 
terrible. Uh, thankfully, he's only going to serve as a member of parliament now. So when it comes to Justin Trudeau, for all of the American viewers who don't know who he is, uh, you should be glad that he won. But what you can expect is an individual who is very much going to run the country as President Obama would. The Liberal Party is much akin to the Democratic Party in the United States. They're very centrist, center-leftish, they're corporatist. Uh, so, for example, Justin Trudeau is in favor of approving the Keystone XL pipeline. No surprise there. Uh, and furthermore, he is in favor of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which is just a large giveaway to corporations. So, he is following in line with uh, the Democratic Party. Now, there is a lot of really great things about Justin Trudeau. Now, first and foremost, he's going to push to legalize marijuana, which would be excellent. That would be really, really fantastic. And that would kind of uh, hopefully put the rest of the world on pace to do the same thing. Now, he's also ending Canada's combat mission in Iraq and Syria. And that's also good. We don't need to be getting involved in things that don't concern us. He's also pledged to welcome 25,000 Syrian refugees. Again, kudos to him, because this is something that's excellent. Now, another thing uh, that I think is great about Justin Trudeau is that he actually plans to forge a North American environmental treaty to combat climate change. So between uh, the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. Uh, and this is what is great. Uh, so I'm hoping that he's going to be a leader at the upcoming climate talk in Paris. So let's see how well he performs in that regard, but we'll have to wait and see. Now, also, one thing that should have happened a long time ago is that he's going to be investigating the 1,200 indigenous women that just disappeared in the country. Stephen Harper didn't do anything about this, but Justin Trudeau is actually going to do something because if you have 1,200 people who are part of one group who are disappearing, that's an epidemic and something is seriously wrong. So I can't comprehend how Stephen Harper didn't even care and didn't want to investigate this. So kudos to Justin Trudeau for doing what is pragmatic and just right. So in the end, he may not be perfect, but I am super proud of Canada. You guys, man, I I'm so happy for you because <laughs> Stephen Harper, ugh, he, he was not, <laughs> he was not a good candidate. Look, I don't think he's as bad as George Bush. Uh, I don't think he's as bad as Tony Abbott in Australia. But, I mean, for Canadian standards, I hold you guys to a higher standard because I think that uh, your political system is a lot more sane than ours. Kudos to you guys. I'm super stoked for my Canadian viewers and my Canadian friends. Uh, this is great news. At a campaign event, Hillary Clinton was asked about her campaign contributions and whether or not it would impact her policy decisions. Now, her answer was really interesting. Take a look. Thank you for taking my question, Secretary Clinton. Um, so I'm going to be honest. I was disappointed by the answer that you gave before about climate change. You said earlier that you think this election is going to be a really deciding election for this century, and I think that climate change is a really important part of that. And so I, I'm wondering, is your answer and, your, and your, your refusal to take leadership on climate change due to the fact that you have contributions from the fossil fuel industry in your campaign? No. No, it's not. And I, look, I understand, I know what the right answer in terms of getting votes would have been. The right answer would have been, you bet I will ban extraction on public lands. And then if somebody said, and how are you going to do that? Well, I will advocate for it. And how are you going to get it done? I will keep advocating for it. We have to change our energy policy. 
I have been clear about that. I have been repeatedly clear about that. Sorry if the answer, the specific answer, wait just a minute, dear, wait, wait a minute. No, wait, wait, wait. That's okay, that's okay, that's okay. I am all in favor of acting on climate. That's, you know what, I, I have said in this campaign, I'm gonna tell you what I believe. And some people may like it, and some people may not like it. And I believe strongly. That was great because it just shows that she does not respond to being heckled very well, nor does she respond very well to tough questions. Uh, and what's illuminating is the fact that she got a standing ovation by her supporters for just saying, quote, in this campaign, I've said I'm going to tell you what I believe. Really? Does that warrant a standing ovation? Do her supporters literally just accept everything that she says at face value? I mean, look, I think that... Hillary Clinton's supporters are smart people, but I can't help but wonder if they can be objective and actually critique her. As a Bernie Sanders supporter, I can actually critique Bernie Sanders, even though I like him, and I can state that I disagree with his stance on Israel and Palestine. I disagree with his stance on gun control. I wish he'd take a stronger stance on that and marijuana. Uh, I wish he'd stop using the same rehearsed talking points over and over, and I wish that he would stop saying things like he's not a capitalist because it's not true. The point is that, uh, I'm not trying to throw Bernie Sanders under the bus, but I'm trying to say that we can't mindlessly follow candidates. We have to be objective, we have to critique them when they're wrong, and we have to hold their feet to the fire. Hillary Clinton has lied over and over and over again, and I don't think that uh, anything she says is genuine anymore. And if you sincerely think that her campaign contributions won't be a problem, then you're very naive. I mean, look at Barack Obama. He had taken so much money from banks, and what does he do when he gets in? He does some favors for the banks. He takes money from corporations. What is he doing now? The Trans-Pacific Partnership. So look, it's corruption, and we can say that a candidate is corrupt. If they're corrupt, we can say that they're lying. If they are lying, we have to be objective. Now, at the debate, Hillary Clinton stated that one of her main enemies was the pharmaceutical industry, but U.S. News reports, quote, Clinton has accepted nearly $1 million from drug and health companies and more than $2.7 million from the insurance field and its related sectors. And this is according to an analysis of public records from the Center for Responsive Politics. So if you think that she's actually serious about cracking down on climate change or cracking down on Wall Street and the big banks, uh, that's not going to be the case. She's going to get in office and be another corporate shill just like Obama. Now, you may agree with her politically. You might be a centrist yourself and like her policies. You might like her stance on foreign policy and whatnot and like that she's a hawk. Uh, but if you think that she's going to get in and actually represent you as opposed to her corporate buddies, you're going to be very, very disappointed in a President Clinton. Now, this is why I support Bernie Sanders because I, I, I look at the campaign contributions and I see, if this person is taking money from X, Y, and Z, do I think they can represent me well? And I think, no, that's not the case, because they're giving this money and expecting something in return. They want a return on their investment. That's rational. It's self-interested. It's what drives us all. So to think that Hillary Clinton will get in and take a strong stance on the big banks, on Wall Street, on, on climate change, it's not going to happen. It's, it's just not going to happen. The main point that I want to get across is to Hillary Clinton supporters. 
Please be objective. You can't just say that she's right in all circumstances. That's that's absurd. Because then you're not being serious about politics. You're all intelligent people. If you support Hillary Clinton, you support liberal values to some extent. And so therefore you are more intelligent than Republicans. But you have to you have to be objective. You have to critique politicians because if you don't then they will just do what they want if they're unaccountable and if they're unchecked so it's the same thing for bernie sanders and his supporters we all can critique him i've seen multiple videos uh from bernie sanders supporters stating how he can really improve his campaign bill maher was critiquing bernie sanders and actually gave him a really hard interview even though bill maher is a bernie sanders supporter so look be objective and critique candidates when they do something bad well, that's the episode. I want to thank all of my viewers for tuning in every single week and all of my subscribers for staying loyal. Uh, I also want to welcome all of the newest subscribers to the channel. Uh, stay tuned. I hope you all really enjoy what I have to offer in the coming months. Uh, and yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Okay, so over the past few months, I have been collecting uh, the worst of the worst when it comes to conservative Facebook memes that you guys always see. I've gotten some of these from my own Facebook, friends on my list, uh, as well as from NeoGAF users who have posted in a big thread. Kudos to them. Um, I'll put a link in the description box uh, to that thread so you can kind of see for yourself that discussion. Uh, but anyways, here are the worst of the worst and uh, kind of my reaction to them. The first one, cancel the welfare checks of anyone who disrespects the US flag. Share if you agree. Uh, no, I don't agree. First and foremost, you're assuming that people who um, would desecrate the flag would be such low lives that they'd have to be on welfare, right? Well, no, uh, this is actually protected speech according to the U.S. Supreme Court. If you go back to Texas v. Johnson, they ruled that uh, desecration of the flag does not cause a uh, national security issue and it's perfectly protected speech. Uh, so no, I don't agree. I'm not going to share that. Sorry. North versus South, not black versus white. Get yourself a history lesson. What was the North versus the South battle about? It was about black versus white. The South wanted to keep slaves so much that they were willing to fight and die for it. And the North wanted to free the slaves so much that they were willing to fight and die for that. So you're just trying to make it seem as though it wasn't about race when it was very directly about race. Another one, if you're offended by this and not this, congratulations, you are what's wrong with America. Okay, again, as I just said, uh, Texas v. Johnson, look it up. Desecration of the flag is perfectly protected speech. Here's all I want. I've seen this one like a hundred times. Obama, gone. Borders, closed. Language, English. Culture, U.S. Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. I don't even know what that means. Um, Drug-free, mandatory drug screening before welfare. Yes, because everyone on welfare is going to be on drugs, right? Uh, no freebies to non-citizens. Also, balanced budget, tax reform, term limits for Congress and senators. Okay, well, if you want a balanced budget and uh, tax reform, then I don't think that the Republicans are going to be your best bet. Um, only 86% will send this when it should be 100%. Uh, I love how they come up with this bogus statistic as if they've like actually done research into how many people share this stupid ass meme or word blob. I hate the word blobs where they don't really have a picture. They just put a blob of words on. I don't care if it's conservative, liberal. I mostly don't like those. Okay, so the next one. Share if you are part of the 53% of Americans who think illegal immigration increases the level of serious crime in America. Notice how it says share if you think. You're one of the 53 Americans who think that uh, illegal immigration increases crime. Uh, it's actually not the case at all. Uh, most of the crime is committed by uh, native citizens. And a very, very, very teeny tiny fraction of a percent 
uh, that commits crime that are incarcerated is undocumented immigrants. So that's completely wrong. It doesn't matter what you think. Uh, you need to look at the facts. Cutting veterans benefits to pay for illegal aliens welfare. Now I understand why you want to take away their guns. Yes, because we are specifically cutting veterans benefits just to pay for uh, undocumented immigrants welfare. Well, I got news for you. They're not qualified to receive welfare, uh, even though 50 to 60% of them pay into it, uh, they don't get that money back. They don't get the benefits of uh, what their tax dollars are going towards. And um, if you really want to look at who's cutting veterans' benefits and who doesn't care about the uh, veterans, you should look at the Republican Party because they blocked the creation of, I believe it was over 20 new VA clinics. So look at them before you just make up things. I really don't mind being called a bigot, racist, closed-minded, redneck, backwoods, uh, heard from all, heard from them all by now and used to it. Still better than being called a liberal, like and share if you agree. Uh, I would rather be called a conservative than all those things. Those are very bad things to be. That's really stupid. Okay, I've seen this one a thousand times. No job in America. This is your fridge. Middle class in America? Well, look at your fridge because you see all these welfare people. They just don't work and they get all these welfare benefits. Uh, except that this picture is based on nothing. They pulled it out of their buttholes. They didn't do a search um, of studies that show um, if individuals who are on welfare or who are middle class are going to have... Uh, a higher stocked fridge or more of a stocked fridge. This is just something that uh, is spread around to perpetuate the war on the poor. It's a right-wing talking point and it's completely bogus. Um, I survived college without becoming a liberal. Well, then that shows that you uh, have not learned anything because liberals have facts on their side. They're more objective. So I feel sorry for you. I'm a tolerant liberal. Agree with me or else you racist, sexist, homophobic, Islamophobic, xenophobic, inbred redneck, Bible-thumping, NASCAR-loving, gun-toting, America-loving bigots. You are angry at the fact that uh, we call you intolerant if you want to take away rights from gays, if you don't think that uh, income inequality is a problem, if you just hate undocumented immigrants for the sake of hating them. Yes, you are intolerant. Sorry about that. Just because we call you that doesn't mean that we are intolerant. Uh, we're tolerant because we tolerate your BS. We don't try to violently stifle your speech or try to get you to um, be quiet. We don't shut you down like that. You can do whatever you want. So yes, we are tolerant. You need to learn how to become tolerant. Warning, conservative may talk about radical ideas such as freedom, liberty, less regulation, free and open markets, right to bear arms, limited government, minimal taxation, uh, personal responsibility, balanced budgets, moral absolutes, states' rights, and strict interpretation of the Constitution. Cool story, bro. Nice platitudes. Um, I'm a heterosexual conservative Christian pro-life gun owner. How else can I offend you today? Yes. How edgy of you. Uh, I've never seen someone who is all four of those. So yeah, very edgy post. U.S. border. You are entering a Sharia-free zone. Please set your watches forward to 1,400 years. But what they don't tell you is that you are entering a Christian Sharia zone. So uh, you can actually keep your watches set to uh, 1,400 years. Uh, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, da, da, yada, yada. Um, I don't get the point of this. Uh, how can you, like, just be blindly patriotic? I don't necessarily think that patriotism is inherently bad, but nationalism is very, very dangerous. Uh, German nationalism led to World War II, so what's to say that American nationalism couldn't also be dangerous, and it probably is, just because we are so patriotic that we won't even critique our government if we invade other countries and do drone, drone strikes in uh, Pakistan, Yemen, Somalia, Syria, I mean, come on, you name it. So you need to be objective, you need to be able to critique your own country, and how can you not look at this and think, that looks like indoctrination?
indoctrination. Yes, I am a Christian. I believe the Bible. I do not support homosexuality or homosexual marriage. Yes, I'll still love you. Yes, we are still friends. No, I am not judging you. No, I'm not condemning you to hell. No, I will not let anyone bully you. But realize that, that name-calling and stereotyping those of us who stand for what we believe in is exactly what you don't want done to you. Uh, we have a right to speak what we believe same as you have a right to speak what you believe absolutely you have a right to speak what you believe but the reason why you are a bigoted homophobe is because if the opportunity presented itself to you you would vote to take away marriage equality rights what america needs is child control not gun control right i'm sure that is just such a sufficient solution why didn't we think about this before Okay, now this one is what someone posted in response to an individual who is anti-gay. It says, don't judge someone just because they sin differently than you. This is soft bigotry, and it's a perfect example of that. It's pseudo-support. They're not technically anti-gay, but they still think that being gay is a sin. Uh, but, you know, we all sin, and they think that that's somehow supportive. I'm sorry, but if you are not unequivocal in your support for LGBT rights and uh, gay people... Well, then you're not a supporter. Calling uh, being, someone being gay a sin is absolutely absurd. Hey, Obama, this is not the week to try and convince Americans that Muslim refugees need our help. In fact, let them stay where they are and do your job worrying about keeping Americans safe for once. Wow, because every single Syrian refugee is going to be a terrorist, right? Come on, they don't understand that there's an 18 to 24 month vetting period. Uh, they have to go through background checks. They have to make sure that uh, these individuals are not associated with terrorism or anything of that nature. So they're coming here uh, to flee violence, not because they want to perpetuate more violence. I don't see how that isn't crystal clear. Obama is fundamentally changing the name of Mount McKinley without congressional approval. Denali means my majestic home in Swahili, the official language of Kenya. Surprised, but another one. President Barack Obama is renaming Mount McKinley to Denali. Denali is the Kenyan word for black power. Like and share to spread awareness. All right, so which one is it? Come on. <laughs> Telling someone they have to be politically correct is a direct violation of their First Amendment right people's feelings are not protected under the constitution you're actually completely wrong uh what would be a direct violation of a first amendment right would be is if you said something that's politically incorrect and then the government tried to silence you but if your friend calls you an asshole because you said something transphobic that doesn't mean that the government is trying to shut you down it just means that there are consequences to free speech you're allowed to say what you what you want but you're not free to um be without consequences if you say something that offends someone you are guilty of being a christian you will stay in jail until you deny christ and become a liberal this just perpetuates the uh, christian persecution complex more and more the look i give when a pro-abortionist cries for gun control to save a child's life what you're saying is kind of stupid if you think about it because um you are more in favor of a fetus than uh, gun control that could potentially save children's life now the reason why we care more about children than a ball of cells a fetus is because uh, they're more sentient. See, most abortions take place uh, prior to 20 weeks and they don't necessarily feel pain according to studies. So the fact that you care more about something that doesn't feel pain, that just shows that you're not being serious. And why, why can't you care about both? I mean, if you do care about abortion, why does it have to be one or the other? Uh, gun control and Pro, being pro-life are not mutually exclusive, so I don't get why they're trying to set up this false dichotomy. I'm proud to be normal. I'm not depressed, an atheist, colored, pansexual, a nerd, and a, an otaku freak. I don't know what that is. Uh, a weirdo. I don't listen to foreign music, study liberal arts, pretend to be awkward, pretend to be a, a loner, and so on. I'm a white, Christian, successful, normal, heterosexual, and proud. 
Cool for you, dude. Uh, only two people in history had their own symbols, Hitler and Obama. Apparently, you've never seen any presidential election ever. Gay black man kills two straight white reporters. Time to ban this flag. The dude who killed the two reporters didn't do it because he was gay. So that's stupid. One nation under God should stay in the pledge. Do you agree? No, I don't. That didn't actually become part of the pledge until the 1950s. Uh, and it's a direct violation of the First Amendment where it says that the government shall not establish a religion. Now, if you're saying one nation under God, that is establishing a religion it's establishing that god exists and this goes against our secular constitution so no i disagree so those are the ones that i found that i think are the most egregious uh if you have any more link me to them in the comments i'd love to see them